Good morning and welcome back to the Legal Queen podcast. I release these episodes every Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday at 6am. In only two months, guys, we have grown to 10,000 monthly listeners. Wow, blows my mind. And I just wanted to say thank you so much. I get hundreds of messages every day saying how much this podcast is helping people. So if I could ask whatever application you may be listening to this on, Spotify, Apple, Amazon or anywhere else, if you could please give me a five-star rating, it will really help push the podcast so that we can help even more people. My goal is to be reaching 50,000 monthly listeners by the end of the year and you guys can directly help me achieve that. Anyway, enjoy the following episode. Welcome all. Uh, well, actually, there's only me and Dan here at the minute. Hello, Dan. How are you? We can have a private conversation right now. Um, I'm going to come to you first, Tally. I've just invited you onto the stage. You're on mute, Tally. What's your question? Hello, can you hear me? I can, yeah. Oh, great. Um, I'm currently going through um, family court with my ex-partner yeah. for custody for my son. Yeah. Um, He's wanting 50-50 and obviously we're not agreeing and it's gone to final hearing, which is in September. Um, I'm I'm self-representing at the moment and I'm just putting together sort of my witness statement. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to stay child-focused, but obviously there's a number of things that I feel that would... It, it goes against sort of why, why 50-50 is beneficial for my son. But obviously don't want it to come across that I'm just sort of slamming my ex, if that makes sense. Would you put it in or would you just be focusing on sort of moving forward and the solution and why I think that's best for my son? Sorry, what what was it that you asked me if you should or shouldn't put in, Tally? I'm not clear on that bit, sorry. You broke up a tiny bit. So we there's quite a lot of history with like, oh. the fact that my, my, my ex has never sort of been involved in my son's ah, medical okay. care yeah. and stuff like that. My yeah. son's got heart conditions. Yeah. Yeah, that's really important and I think it should be put into your position statement or your witness statement, whichever it is that you're doing, but I wouldn't phrase mm-hmm. it quite like that and I'm sure you wouldn't, you're just explaining it to me. Um, mm-hmm. we, we just want to let the court know that the reason we think that we should move away from 50-50 is that Dad is less familiar with the medical care than you are, given mm-hmm. that you have completed 90% of it in the time that the child required it or something like that. So we're kind of okay. saying to the judge, He's not, he hasn't been there and, and I can do it far better than him but we're not saying it like mm. that do you know what I mean but I think it's really yeah, important um, especially when it's medical it's really important to mention that and if there's also sort of reasons so basically in my in our position statements I was yeah. very sort of child focused whereas yeah. my ex was sort of saying stuff like she had an affair which wasn't yeah. true yeah um and sort of really going against me yeah and I was controlling in all sorts now yeah. Moving forward into the witness statement itself, would you put in there, you know, about he, he, one of the reasons we separated, for example, was his drinking, smoking and gambling. Mm -hmm. Would you put that into the witness statement? Remember that the court do hundreds of these in a week even. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what they're Mm -hmm. looking for is getting to the point really quickly helping them understand what's in the best interest of the child. So the fact that Mm -hmm. he's put in the reasons as he sees them that the marriage broke down, regardless Mm -hmm. of what he said, they have no relevance really or no bearing on the children's application, okay? So the court will look at that and think, oh, yada, 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 here we go, probably skim read it 
And he runs the mm. risk of them actually skim reading what's really important. So to yeah. answer your question, should you put it in um, only if it has a direct link to the children's application? So you split okay. up because of drink, drugs, whatever it was. If that then has a bearing on his ability to look after the child, mention it. Again, be okay. diplomatic. Never be seen to not be able to co-parent. That's the really yeah. important thing in children's proceedings. We don't want to just wade in there and completely tarnish the other side. You know, our opinion is rubbish, 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 and he shouldn't even be mm. able to look at the child. We need to be very diplomatic, almost bordering on patronising, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah. so mention it if it's relevant. Don't feel okay. that you've got to address what he says about why the relationship broke down because the court may not find that relevant to a children's application. Okay. All right. And sorry, just one more thing. Yeah. Um, I really appreciate it. If um, obviously I'm I'm trying to find evidence to show that I've always done sort of the day to day care and routine for my son. Yeah. Obviously, up until this point, what kind of evidence would you say I would need to include to show that I was the primary carer through? my son's whole whole life things like well i mean is he, he lives with you i take it your son lives with you yes yeah so um all sorts really uh confirmation from nursery or school that you're always there mm -hmm. to collect and pick up um sometimes yeah. we have parents that will um, they download a google map so they track where they're going in their car and of course that will okay. show routinely of you always going to the school and always you know being there at pickups and drop-offs um the, the court's not so much going to challenge that. If the child lives with you um, mm -hmm. and that's not disputed by dad, then the court's not going to want you to evidence that so much. Okay. The court's going to be more focused on moving forward how much contact should you be having with dad. And if dad's asking for 50-50, why is that not in the best interest of the child? So that, that should be your focus, really. Yeah, that's really helpful. Thank you All so right. much. You're welcome. Good luck. Bye. Thank you. AKP, you were first, so I'm going to come to you. What's your question? Oh, hello. Hi. Hello. Um, I've got another um, positioning statement to do. Um, um, this is probably going to be my third hearing. Yeah. Um, and this positioning statement is basically based on um, last time I went to court, the judge sort of said that you can now sort of see your children sort of in sort of an outside outside the contact to outside the contact centre too. So one one week in the contact centre, then not seeing them, and then outside the contact centre. And I wanted to know what 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 I should be putting on, on that positioning statement. I sort of took some rough notes when when she was speaking in court. She sort of said, um, "How is the contact going? Are there any blips um, going forward? How would you you know?" Would you? What would you like in um, going forward in the contact? Is there any other stuff that I need to sort of consider when I'm doing that statement? Just just rewind a little bit. Who who is proposing a weekend in the centre and a weekend out of the centre? Oh, oh no! So the judge the, that was the judge at, at, at the time on, on my second hearing. Yeah. I sort of said that I, I wanted the contact to be outside the contact centre right. because um, some of the children have special needs, and yes. so the judge said. Um, you know, you can do basically um, one week. You can do it in the contact centre, then and 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 another time you can do it outside the contact centre, alternating. Oh, but but what, what we yeah, but we've decided just to do it outside the contact centre because the right. children are enjoying it more outside the contact centre. Right. But it's supervised, it is supervised. Um, okay. Yeah. So your question of me is, what else should you be putting in your in your statements? 
um, to support that. Okay. So I think always come at it from a child focused position. So why is it that the children should have a relationship with you outside of the fact that they should have a relationship with both parents? That's going to be your starting point. Okay. And then from there, you're going to build on why these certain days and these certain times are also in their best interests. And then if we're looking about uh, talking about having overnight contact, why that's in their best interest. And you just want to build it up. Now, is this statement in respect of a final hearing or an interim hearing? Do you know? Um, yeah, it, it's not the final hearing. The final hearing will be after, say, so, um, okay. this is, um, yeah. So, yeah. So initially then, is the court maybe looking to, if you're having a couple of hours once a week at the moment, how we extend yeah. that? Yeah. So yeah. the uh, other thing that I would be putting in your position statement or your statement is that set out a proposal covering the next three months and show that it's going to gradually build up. So two weeks this Saturday, three weeks next, uh, sorry, two hours this Saturday, three hours next Saturday, et cetera, et cetera. OK, so the, the, yeah. again, just being really child friendly, letting the children develop that routine naturally until eventually we get to a stage where hopefully you're having alternate weekends overnight contact in the week etc etc that's great thank you you're yeah, welcome thanks, thanks. bye and zaf what's your question oh yeah uh, can you hear me i can oh, are yeah, you okay i am okay uh, basically next week i've got a final hearing yeah i'm a litigant in person and a respondent in a divorce proceedings yeah i'm not living at home uh, we've got three kids one age 20 plus uh, 20 years uh, daughter is 19 and the youngest is 16. Now, I believe that the, uh, the courts will only consider children under the age of 18 unless they are in uh, education. Am I correct? Are you talking about finances or children's applications? It's a final hearing. So I think where the children, because... Um, but what for? What? Finances or children? Uh, What's finances. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, you're right. Once the children get to 18, then they are considered adults and won't be considered as part of a financial settlement anymore. So you've only got one child that's going to be included in the order, potentially. Yes, and if that child wishes to reside with me? Yes, you can certainly put that in your statement. The judge, the fi the judge who's deciding the finances won't make a finding on that. That would need to be dealt with in children's proceedings. So okay. whilst whilst you say that um, the child wants to live with you, the court will certainly take that into account, but won't necessarily make that finding. Okay. If uh, I wish to up, um, submit a contempt of court for false um, statements in a form E, and yeah. my final hearing is next next week, yeah. do I do that together with my S twenty five statement? And or? you would you would put it into your section twenty five statement under the heading conduct. Okay, so because you you've got some areas there that you're going to cover in that statement following the section <laughs> twenty five principles. So put it under conduct and raise it with the court at your final hearing. Well, that's fine, yeah. And yeah. finally, uh, if you don't mind, as a litigant in person, um, because I'm fighting this case now to do all the research myself, am I allowed to charge myself £19 per hour according no. to the CPR rules or not? No, no. If you're talking so, about but... costs in family, it has to be costs from a solicitor, not your costs. Okay. All right. So that's not allowed. Okay, no. brilliant. No. Okay, thank you very much you're for, welcome. for your help and all okay. the best. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, Lucas, you are next up. What's your question? My mum and dad split up in November, so and um, I forgot what it's called, but they're trying to... It's not a restraining order, but it's something so I don't get to see, to see my dad because he's been... a um, was like domestically abusive child abusive just you know yeah. the whole lot yeah um is 
put a statement in saying that my mum's house isn't her house, saying that um, she's taken money off people for it, um, just saying loads and loads of things. And then they're asking for proof that it is my mum's house. And she's give like proof to an extent, like off the council, saying like a letter saying this is my mum's house and stuff like that. But they're saying and um, prove that she's not getting money for it and prove that um, she it's like we need further proof that it's her house. But I don't know how else to do that, if you know what I mean. So, Lucas, um, are they in court, mum and dad? about the finances oh yeah sorry okay so they weren't even married they were just together but okay. my dad's saying that it isn't my mum's house okay. she's just um, yeah. living in it it living in a council house under someone else's name she's I taking see. money off it which isn't true yeah but so i think we I need think, further proof yeah. than just a letter from the council or well mum will have a tenancy agreement surely from the council and it will be in her yeah. name yeah that that is enough proof for the court and if and, and and remember that even though the other side are asking for it, it may not always be relevant. So mum needs to be guided by whatever the court asks for in the order. If the court feel it's relevant, then they'll put it in the order, okay? So I would say a tenancy agreement is sufficient. If the court then deem it necessary because dad's making allegations from a financial income and outgoings well mum's bank statements will sort that out but i wouldn't be advising mum to volunteer those bank statements unless the court order them okay all right but the tenancy agreement will clear that up yeah it's just like um because it was i only asked that because they're like if we like need to still provide that if the court don't ask and he's just like randomly bought it up you know what i think i think a tenancy agreement would just shut that argument down because what will happen Uh is he'll go to court make the allegations the court will order that your mom provides a tenancy agreement so if i were mom i'd just be bringing it with me i'd be showing it to the court i'd be filing and serving it beforehand and and i'd just be shutting that argument down like move on to the next thing because that that's an easy okay. fix isn't it yeah yeah that's that's just one other quick thing yeah. is um is there a like kind of not kind of a restraining order so i can't see my dad but until i'm 18 is that like the thing um Yes, but you wouldn't apply for that. No, I mean, if my mum was to. But... Yeah, well, a restraining order falls into the criminal court. So you'd need to speak to a um, a criminal solicitor with regard to that. In family, we have injunctions. So we have non-moles and we have occupation orders. So they're the two form of injunctions that we have that will stop somebody from having any contact with you. Um, a non-mole, you could be included on a non-mole, but it would have to be for mum. So it'd be mum's non-mole and you'd be included on it. But we'd have to see if mum qualified for a non-mole. So a restraining order, if that's what mum's thinking, tell mum to maybe um, have a chat with a criminal solicitor about that. And yes, you, you okay. could you could be included on that as a minor. All right, thank you. All right, you're welcome. Thanks, right. Lucas. Bye. Bye. Iman, you are up next. What's your question? Thank you so much. Uh, basically, my question is, we have a hearing tomorrow and parties have a rich agreement. That's been drafted in a form of consent draft order sent to the judge for consideration. My question is, do I have still to accompany that with a C2 application? If you're in agreement, why would you want to make another application? Help me out there. I don't, I'm missing yeah, something. Yeah, that's why I thought so. I, the court's uh, confused us, to be honest. They ask for the PPA account for the for the firm. That's understandable yeah. for court fee. Yeah, yeah. But I was just wondering how come court fee without... An application. I don't know. The court fee will be to consider the consent order, possibly. By the right. sounds of it, if right. you've been asked for a PBA number, then you've got a solicitor. So your solicitor will be able to guide you there. But a C2 yes. is yeah. another form of application. So if you're filing a consent order, you wouldn't necessarily form another application. But check with Correct. your solicitor in the morning. Yeah, we are We are the solicitors. We just wanted to double check 
that oh. a C2 application is not required. Well, thanks so much, Tracy. You're welcome. Very a pleasure. Helpful. Thank okay. you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thanks so much. Asia, you are up first. Asia, Asia what's your question? Hi, Tracy. Hello. Uh, my question is regarding um, child arrangement order and child maintenance. It's been one and a half year. Uh, we are separated, and my husband didn't apply for child contact like he didn't show any interest he want to see uh to my son so my question is uh i asked to my solicitor i need a leave in order so my solicitor said you you can't uh, go didn't hear anything regarding that type of case when second party didn't show any interest so how i can get child arrangement order um child maintenance order uh, child maintenance and uh, because he didn't respond and on the top of that he changed the location uh, he moved to scotland so how i can travel to abroad without child arrangement order okay i can see where your solicitor's coming from if he's not challenging you then you don't necessarily need a live with order because he's not challenging you. He hasn't seen the child for a year and a half. So by default, the child will automatically live with you. With yeah. regard to how do you get child maintenance, you would have to get in touch with the CMS. That is definitely not something that the family court um, will deal with. Um, uh -huh. And your final question about how you go on holiday if you don't have his permission, then you would apply for a child arrangements order there. Because if you have a child arrangements order, it will automatically yeah. allow you to travel for up to four weeks without having to get dad's permission. So you would apply okay. for your child arrangements order on that basis, that you want to be able to freely travel with your child or children, not having dad's permission. I see. Thank you very much, Tracy. You're welcome. No problem. Captain, can I hear you now? Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm well. I'm tired, but I'm well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Always nice to hear your voice. How can I help? Yes. Uh, so this is a question from VPAT. Um, I believe they're in the lounge. Okay. I have a house with my ex-partner and we're tenants in common. We're not married, but have a four-year-old child where we have a court order in place. We bought, the, uh, we bought the house. I put all the deposit down, money from my late father and mum gave me a gift. My ex-partner lived in the house for a year and then walked out on me and the baby who was under one at the time. Since then, I've paid all the mortgage and other refurbishments to the house myself and paid the remainder of the debts he left me in. I want the house solely in my name as he does not contribute to anything and he hasn't done for the last four years. Uh, I cannot talk to him and he keeps asking me for 50%, which I don't think he should get. My son also has a few special needs, wants to continue living in the house, but what can I do about moving things along? It's going to have to be a court application. They're not married, so they don't need to go to mediation first. It's straight to court we go. Um, but ultimately, the legal position, our starting point is that he technically, well, legally owns 50% of that property. Tenants in common, I'm going to assume it's a, that they hold 50-50. So he is entitled to that 50%. Now, the first bit of bad news that I'm going to deliver is he's also entitled to um, some occupancy rents. What that means is that she has had the benefit of his 50% of the house, so he could charge her rent. However, her counter argument to that is that she has made all the mortgage payments since he left and there may be an adjustment in her favour. But I'm thinking that potentially she's probably going to have to buy him out the 50% or find a way to, to raise the money or maybe even sell the property. 
The fact that her son has some medical needs, I think is what you said, Captain, and maybe she needs some more money. That's a set, that's another court application, but that is um, under the Children's Act. So we call it a Schedule 1 application. So what she could say is, it would be two applications. I recognise that he's entitled to 50%. However, I've paid all the mortgage. I want an adjustment for that. And the second application is, and I also need a little bit more financial help from him because I've got the responsibility of housing his son. Expect him to come back with a counter application. I want some um, rent for the fact that she's occupied my half of the house. But essentially it's going to be court because if they can't agree, that's the only way forward. And what form does it's been a while, Tracy, I forgot. What form do they need to download? Well, if it's... Um, so it's, again, to complicate it a bit further, because they're not married, her application um, for her part of the property and his part of the property is done under a talata. Now, she wouldn't do that application. That's definitely an application a solicitor would do um, because it's under civil procedure rules and there's all sorts of, of complicated paperwork. It's not, it's not family court, you see. The Schedule 1 application, she can make that under the um, family court and that will be a C1. Let me check that. It might even be a C1A. I'll check that as I'm talking and come back to her if she wants to just keep listening. Um, now, what then happens is, because she's got one application under civil procedure rules and she's got one application under family court, they'll be joined and family court will keep it. But it's And this is where she needs to take a little bit of advice because once, once both applications are made and we've kicked it all off, it's easy from there. But kicking it off isn't something I would advise the layperson to do on their own. And I hope, I hope I haven't overcomplicated that. I always try to keep it really straightforward. Um, Thanks, Trace. Okay, bye. bye. For the person that asked that question, I am going to keep looking for the name of that form. And apologies, I don't know it off the top of my head. I should do. Jen, um, I'm going to come to you next. You hear me? Oh, there we go. I can hear you. What's your question? Okay. I've got a... I don't know. It's a bit of a weird one. But um, I am moving in with a partner who has uh, children. Yep. Um, and they have been divorced for about three years now. Yeah. Um, but we've recently just bought a house together, and I'm now getting a bit concerned about the fact that she's kicking off through CMS and all the sort of stuff. I'm sorry, we haven't bought a house together. I've bought a house, and he's now going to live there, and I'm a bit worried that now I'm going to end up paying some sort of money to his ex-wife. What? Why? Why would you think that? So it's your property. He's mm -hmm. moved in with you, so he doesn't own any assets. You mean from a child no. maintenance point of view? Yes, I do. Okay. The only way you wouldn't have to pay her. How that works, mm -hmm. Jen, is that let's say he's been living with you for a period of time, and mm -hmm. he says my living costs are X. And yep. his ex might say, actually, no, your living costs are halved because you share them with your partner. So okay. his, his responsibility to CMS may increase 
because his expenses have decreased essentially. Does that make sense? So whilst your yes. income is taken into account, it just means that it will impact him because he may have to pay more. Okay, All fantastic. Right. Thank Lovely. you so much. You are brilliant. Thank oh, you. Thanks, Jen. Bye. -bye. Bye. Uh, Rach, you are next up, and I am still looking for this form. It's not the C1. Rach, what's your question? Can you hear me okay? I can, yeah. Okay. So Hello. I've got a current child arrangements order in place for two of my children. Yeah. Um, obviously, they've got the same dad. Um, it's been in place now since September, and I had to enforce the order um, back in February this year. Yeah. So the order ended up remaining the same, um, just despite what was going on, because he kept breaching the order. Um, and it's continuing to happen again now. Um, and he's not encouraging one of my children to come to my property to see me or the other children. I'm just wondering what could I do next? And the order says that he he's meant to... So do they live with him then, Rach? Is that what's happening? It's 50-50. It's 50-50, okay. Um, and they, how old are the children? 13 and 11. Okay, and, and they're just saying downright that they don't want to come? My eldest is. My middle one, um, she's quite happy to come here. She sticks with what the routine is. It's okay. the eldest that think, seems to be the issue. I think you've got to get to the, to the bottom of why. Is the 13-year-old okay. telling you why? Is she saying, is she giving a reason? No, all she's saying is, I just want to stay with dad. Um, obviously, in the background, there's a lot of domestic abuse. Okay. Um, I won't go into too much detail no, about fine. that. That's fine. But, um, um, do, you yeah, have, do, you, do you have any welfare concerns, Rach, for the child, given that you mentioned DV? Yeah, I have. I've, I've reported it to social services, child yeah. protection, and it's always been NFA'd. Um, both children were left alone overnight on occasions. Okay. I reported it. Police went there. They put in a CP. Uh, the domestic abuse service put in a CP. My IDVA put in a CP, and it all got NFA'd. Okay. Um, have you ever submitted a C1A in your previous proceedings? I did, yeah, okay. twice. And and nothing came of that then? No, um, he held it against me, um, that the fact that I work for a domestic abuse service, that I shouldn't okay. have it my pace heard in a court in North Wales because I actually go there with clients. And originally I could have gone down the Pathfinder route, which has obviously been, um, it's been trialled in a few areas now with domestic abuse and because of him declining and objecting to that sorry um i wasn't able to go down that so the domestic abuse wasn't recognized in court at all okay uh, now i'm gonna make a suggestion rach it wasn't recognized not because he said it shouldn't be heard in that particular court but because okay. the the evidence given wasn't compelling enough okay that's okay. by no means a criticism of you that could be no. just simply how it was presented. Um, okay. When when the court and, and we've got to be extra careful now because obviously you've made a couple of applications, so yeah. we we don't want to look as if we are being vexatious and just making applications for the hell of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because even Kafkash recommended in the last one that they were going to put in a ninety one fourteen. Right. Um, but the court said they could see that I had genuine 
concerns at the time and they weren't going to do that on an, on this occasion and if i was to go back to court i would have to go back with some significant evidence obviously i've got concerns about my eldest daughter yeah. um so i'm just not sure what i could do i think i think that that's where where they've said a significant evidence it just wasn't compelling enough you know in order for mm. the court to give us the order that we asked for we have to go back to the law because there'll always be yeah. a test so if we're saying that DV is involved, there's some sort of abuse, we have to get it over the threshold. And the yeah. threshold is is what you take the legal advice about. So the solicitor okay. will, will sort of say, OK, based on what you've told me, I don't think we've got enough to get it over. Sadly, you weren't told that previously. So you've made the no. application and it just wasn't enough to get it over the finish line. So your application failed. And then, of course, you've made another application and it wasn't quite enough again. Now, I'm not saying that you haven't got great evidence. You may well have great evidence. What I'm saying is it wasn't presented in, in the strongest way possible. So you really, okay. if you're going to do it, because now you're up against a double-edged sword, you've got to make mm -hmm. sure that it's compelling. But we also have to make sure that when we make the application for the third time, that we're not seen to be vexatious. Does that make okay. sense? Yeah. yeah absolutely okay. thank you you're it's a pleasure no problem at all thanks rach thank you bye, bye. um jess you are on mute take yourself off mute ask me your question hiya i'm just wondering if you um, know anything about um the potential change in law with regards to of course being able to enforce mediation so yeah. I've, I've potentially got um a court coming up in so i'm going to be invited shortly by the sounds of it yeah um i'd like i'd prefer to go through mediation but my ex is refusing to yeah so my understanding jess is that mediation is a voluntary process that's the first thing we can't force anybody to do mediation it, it it's a compul it's not compulsory it's it's absolutely volu voluntary so we can't force anyone to go sometimes what the court will do is order mediation but that will only be after it's spoken to both the parties or sometimes family mediation and everyone's in agreement. So the court might say, OK, we're going to order that the parties take um, mediation and then we'll see how that goes and then they can come back to court. But again, you can't force someone to go to mediation. So to answer your question, I suppose, no, I'm not aware of any change in the law that's going to make it compulsory. Okay, there's, there is. There, I've I've been had some stuff in my um, email inbox about um, the mediators that I was have been in touch with. In the meantime, have said about this um, change in law potentially upcoming to do with the rights that the um, courts have got to to enforce mediation somehow. I'm not sure how that's going to work. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying that that's incorrect. I'm just not sure how that's going to work because it it only works if people want to enter into mediation. It's a conciliatory approach. It's definitely not a court litigated approach. Um, both parties have to be willing to enter into the spirit of mediation and, and potentially what that means is to sort of, you know, give a little to get a little. Whereas when you enter into the court arena, you're very, very much approaching it with a positional stance. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But look, I'll, I'll, I'll look forward to, to hearing about that in the future if it's coming in and see how that's going to work. Oh, well, thank you. All right, thanks, Jess. Bye. Uh, Mart, you are next up. Take you off mute. What's your question? So the first one I've got for you 
Um, I'm married, but separated. And yeah. when we separated just over five years ago, he paid me 18000 to buy me out of a property we mortgaged together. We still haven't divorced. He's got engaged. So if he files for an online divorce, do we still need a financial order? Where would I stand with the house? Um, will I be entitled to anything as he bought me out and still include a financial order? But would it, will it be minus the 18000 he's already given me? So his marriage bars him from making a claim against her, a financial claim against her. It doesn't right. bar her from making a financial claim against him. So she has to then think, well, does she need the financial order? Does she want to sever all financial ties? Has she got something that he could come after? It doesn't right. impact, however, what's already legally in his name. So if they own a house in joint names, he's still a legal owner of that property, regardless of the fact that he remarries. And he's entitled to his share of that property. Where the financial order comes into play is where you want to make a claim against your ex for something that isn't in your name. So she... she got you. Yeah, do you see what I mean? So she's going to need to... The 18,000, yeah. that's gone. Um, that's, you know, nobody's going to be able to claim that back or, or, or reinforce that. That's sort of with the passage of time, that's gone. Um, but it's whether or not she feels that she would benefit from a financial order because she can still make a claim against him. It's only he can't make a claim against her once he remarries. Right, there got you. Um, the next one I got for you is yeah. my D81 isn't fair on my side. My husband is getting a lot more. Yeah. I'm too scared to fight him and yeah. I don't have the, the money for solicitor's fees. Yeah. What would you do? Well, don't be scared is the first thing I would say. You don't have the money for solicitor's fees. Well, then you just have to do it yourself. I always say when it comes to finances, if you can just find the money from somewhere to take that one hour of legal advice, um, just so that you know what you're entitled to, that that's better than nothing at all. Um, but the thing is, don't be afraid of it. You've you know you've got to deal with it. It's it's happening. Do you know what I mean? Come on to things yeah. like this. Speak to people in the Discord who are going through it. Um, it's not as daunting as you as you first imagine. It's emotionally daunting because you just don't want to deal with the confrontation and it can be a little bit icky. Um, but the actual legal process itself isn't daunting. Trust me when I say that to you. Okay. And the last one I've got, uh, just wanted to know if I'm entitled to a percentage of my husband's share of a company he has with his friends. And if so, what is the best way about him buying me out? So the company, the husband's share is a matrimonial asset and his share will go into the matrimonial asset pool and then we're going to be looking at the whole matrimonial asset pool and dividing it accordingly. So she doesn't want to look at it as an isolated asset. It's going to form part of all of their assets together, but just his share of the company. I take all you. Fabulous. Well, yeah, no, all done, Trace. I'm Brilliant. all done for you. Okay, thanks. See you later. Cheers. Bye. Bella. I'm still looking for this form. Um, Andrea, you are up next. How can I help? Hello, Tracy. Can you Hello. hear me? I can indeed. How are you, Andrea? Yeah, not too bad, thank you very much. I've actually sent you an email today. You have, you have and I have seen it, but I haven't read the attachments, yeah. but I will get to it, that's I promise you. That's absolutely fine. So my question is really yeah. a question on the bottom of my email because yeah. it's it's panicking me. Yeah. So I just thought I'd take the opportunity to ask sure. you why you're on. Yeah. Do I need to notify the court and um, 
the applicant that I am going to be um, having representation now prior to the court date, or can I just turn no. up on that day and you surprise can, him with you it? You can just turn up on the day. You don't have to let anybody know. Oh. No, that's fine. Fantastic. That's All excellent. Right. Thank you very much. I was panicking it was going to get adjourned for that reason, and no. I just can't face that. Not at all. Not at all. You don't have to let anybody know. They'll be notified on the day. The reason for that is you could literally instruct somebody as you're walking into the courtroom. So do you know what I mean? And that happens. So it's yes. absolutely fine. Fantastic. That's great. Thank you very, very much. All right. Thanks, Andrea. Bye. Thank you. Take care. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Gaynor, what's your question? Hi there. Can you hear me? I can. Oh, thank you very much. Um, uh, in April this year, I had been married a year. Yeah. Um, and uh, through coercive and controlling behaviour, um, I, I decided to uh, put in for divorce uh, at the end of May. He is He's moved out of my house which is solely in my name yeah. which i owned before i met him um and he's now telling me that i've applied for um divorce online so the papers have been sent to him he's saying that he's going to refuse to um uh sign them yeah, he's, yeah he said i'm i'm not going to sign them so i said well that's fine i said if you don't sign them i said that's all I've got to do is instruct a court bailiff, I said, and they will serve them on you. So he's saying to me then, well, um, when it comes to the financial order, he doesn't actually understand the difference between signing the divorce papers and settling any things that we need to settle between us. Yeah. Um, he's telling me that he's going to go for half of my house, even though when he left me, I paid all the bills when he was here and he saved money for us. Um, there was £26,000 in the savings which he bullied me and said, you better send that money to me. So I sent the money to him. So he's walked away with £26,000 and he's walked away with a £20,000 car. So what's your question of me, Gaynor? How can I help? So will he be able to go for half of my house? Well, I have no idea. I mean, that that's where you're going to need to take some legal advice. And the reason for that is I have no understanding of the context of the marriage. Um, and, right. I, and obviously I can't start asking you questions on, on this um, platform. No, no. But, it, yeah. you know, the, the way that we will determine if he's entitled to anything more is by considering length of marriage, age of parties, what you're both earning, have we got any children, do we have any medical okay. conditions, blah, 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 blah. So after right. asking you a few questions, I'd then be far better to say to you, look, Gaynor, he's actually had all that he's going to get or yes, he may be able to come and give a little bit more. What I would say, okay. though, is that the, the courts will be always be fair and reasonable. And what I mean by that is that they're always going to want to make sure both parties' housing needs are met. So if he's okay. coming after half your house, and that means that you're out on the street because maybe you earn less than he does, and therefore your mortgage yeah, affordability, well, then your mortgage affordability is going to be lower, then the answer to 50% is absolutely not. But that's just yeah. giving you sort of a broad brush answer because I don't want you to worry. Um, right, yeah, but, yeah, and I'm 60, so I mean, you know, I'm not going to be able to get a, a mortgage and then, because and that's of health, into I account. have to drop to three days a week rather than full-time. Yeah, and that's going to be taken into account. So there's a lot of factors there, Gaynor, that um, that okay. would, would, would sort of convince me that we're actually moving away from 50-50. Okay. All right, but take yeah. some advice. Okay, thank Lovely. you ever so much for You're your welcome. time. You're welcome. All right, bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, right, Captain, you are up next. Hello. Hello. Um, <clears throat> I've got a couple of questions from from people who have been up on the stage tonight, but you've not been able to hear them. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's helpful. But before we get to that, someone's put in the chat. Yeah. 
is from Emma. Can you please explain judicial, judicial, I can't say that word, separation separation process absolutely so a judicial separation is you'll hear me talk about the financial orders all the time we can only get them as part of a divorce so we have to issue a divorce petition in order to get the court to give us a financial order all right so because they don't become effective until you've got your divorce unless you want to apply for a judicial separation basically a legal separation judicial meaning judge or court appointed separation so it's not just where you guys just walk away you have to effectively almost fill out the divorce petition and the courts will give you a legal separation you're not divorced you're still legally married but it does enable you to get a financial order so that's why some people do them. They're not quite ready to get divorced for whatever reason. It might be because of children. It might be because of finances. It might be for whatever. There's a myriad of reasons. But they do need a financial order to protect them. Um, so we go for a judicial separation. Okay, thanks, Tracy. Welcome. Um, this is from Hannah Rice. I think you had her up earlier. Yeah. Um, my mic doesn't seem to be working, but I just wondered what, what rights does my partner have in regards to school with his son? His ex hasn't put him down to receive letters or anything when it comes to school, yep. and didn't even put, and she didn't even put down that he was the father, yep. so doesn't receive anything. He's going to order a birth certificate to prove he is the father, so he's able to attend parents' evening, etc. His ex has said that she has spoken to the school, and the school will not allow it, regardless if he proves that he's the father. There's zero safeguarding concerns, and there's no child arrangement or order in place. Okay. So I'm going to assume that he has parental responsibility. That's actually more important than improving he's the father, having parental responsibility. The three big areas where parental responsibility comes into its own is medical, religion and education. So the fact that he is being or not being included in the school's education is, is not OK if he has parental responsibility. If the school are not willing to deal with him when he shows them that he has PR, uh, I mean, that's inappropriate in itself, but he will have to go to court and get a court order that the school enable him to be included on everything. And if I were him, when I was at court getting my um, order to say that I'm included with regard to the school, I'd be going in hard, saying I want to be included in everything, religion, medical the lot okay when it comes to the day-to-day -day responsibilities that's assigned to the parent in whose care the child is but those big three areas the most important three areas that in the legal sense of things both parents have got to be consulted so if the school won't listen to him and he needs to go directly to the school then it would be a court order yeah, and he, he's on the birth certificate and he's a, he does have PR, this, this person. Well, then there's no excuse. The school should be listening to him. He's got parental responsibility. Okay. So. And then the final question was yeah. from Stacey. Um, she, but I'm on an interim order with the court for three, four years. My previous two were put with my ex-partner's sister so I could concentrate on the baby. They gave me a bad report based on having panic attacks and say I'm, saying I'm unfit mentally. They will have not adjusted my order based on saying I have mental health. I have not been given a mental health diagnosis. They have just forbidden my mum to do com community contact and saying I still have to be in contact centres where the contact notes are that I am an exceptional parent. What can I do moving forward to prove that I am mentally capable? There is no risk and I committed three years previously to other contacts and a year with my own daughter who's on the interim. The social 
denying to help my case progress or do normal contact, all saying it needs to be monitored, not allowing my family members to monitor how can I take this back to court before September to say I should have the same rights as a father who has been given overnight with both children with a new partner. So hearing that, something tells me, Stacey, and, and you are still in the lounge, something's not quite aligning there. Um, and, and whilst you carry the responsibility of what can I do, I'd actually switch it or I'd flip it and I'd say to social services, what is it that you need from me to instill confidence in you that I am appropriate, that I don't have any mental health issues and that I can tick all of your boxes, okay? Because something's not aligning there. If there are no safeguarding concerns, and let's be honest, Stacey, if there aren't any, social services wouldn't be, you know, looking into this. So something's something's amiss. I don't know what it is. And it could be, Stacey, that you don't know what it is. So my suggestion would be you just go back to them to say, what can I do to give you the confidence? What is it that I'm missing here? Um, because it's pointless me saying to you, Stacey, do this, this, this and this, when that might not be what social services are looking for. So I have a feeling, Stacey, that you may be missing what it is that they require from you, because in your perception of this situation is, Trace, I've done everything. I've done everything, but they still won't let me, you know, have unsupervised contact or whatever it is. Then we haven't done everything, if that makes sense. So go back to them and, and just, you know, ask for their help to help you understand what it is that they're looking for. Okay, Stacey said thank you so much. Thank you, Kelly. No worries. Catch you later. later. Bye. Um, just before I go to you, Missy, Richard asked a question. Have, do you automatically have PI from the birth certificate? Yes, you do. That's the best way to um, prove parental responsibility. Um, Missy, hello. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Good, good. How uh, can I help? Right. Here we go. This is for Jane. Yeah. Um, how do I get my name on the birth certificate after the court gave me PR? You don't. You have to have an order for that. Right. So just be just because um, the court gave parental responsibility doesn't necessarily mean that you can then go down to the registrar of births and deaths and have the, have the certificate amended. You'd have to get an order that says um, you you're going to be added to the birth certificate. But typically, the court will just give you PR. So, unfortunately, if you've left court, it might be... Well, it will be another application now to get permission to be added to the birth certificate. What's the order, please, he's asked. Oh, so you're going to be doing a C100 and it's just a specific issues. You're asking the court for specific issues. C100 form. Yeah. Okay. thank you. Lovely. Thanks, Missy. Rob, how can I help? Hello. Can you hear me? I can hear you, yeah. Sorry, um... Uh, basically, what it is, I've got um, a financial remedy order with my ex, uh, with my ex-wife. Yeah. Um, and I was in a bit of a dark place when I signed it. I couldn't afford a list or anything, um, and kind of just signed it without properly reading it. Um, and then now going through it all, looking at the DBA one that I, uh, she, her and a solicitor filled out. It yeah. seemed like she lied about the house value by like a, roughly around a hundred thousand. She basically put down what what the house was worth. Sorry, what what what, what we buy it for, um, which was like two thousand and sixteen. So it was like six years later, which the house increased by about a hundred thousand. Um, she also put on there that she only earns one hundred and fifty pound a month, which is also I know for a fact that's a lie. 
and stuff like that. Um, I'm having to pay a thousand pound a month um, for child maintenance, right. and I'm really shocked. Sure I earn six about six hundred and fifty pound a month off of tax. So okay, so there's exceptional circum. You're talking about a financial order, obviously, just for those that are listening. Yeah. Um, there's uh, those are exceptional circumstances, and on that basis, you can take the matter back to court. Okay, so you would have to make an application that the existing order um, wouldn't have been made had all the information been known. That's the first thing. And that perhaps you weren't in the best place to sign that. That's the second thing. And the third thing is, yeah. unfortunately, you are unable to keep up with that those repayments in any event. So the court will look to amend it. Um, it can be quite hard to get a financial order amended um, and you have to have exceptional circumstances. But based on what you've told me, I would say that you've got a good ground there. Now, the next stage would be um, to take some advice on that because there's a few more questions, particularly site of the order, to have a look at the order would be good. Um, so even yeah. if it's just a one-hour consultation, just to even if you want to do it yourself, to tell you what forms to fill out, um, but to, to make sure that you've got a really good case because you don't want to waste your time or your money making the application if actually it's not going to help. And stupidly, I'll give her the house as well, which I kind of regret because my son, money right. um, should struggle for somewhere else. And she's literally got the whole equity from the house, um, which when sold is like £240,000. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I suppose that can't be changing now, can it, either? Well, it, it, know, it, it will depend on what the order says, you see. that would, And, and yeah. it will depend on the evidence that, that took place or the, the exchanging of evidence that took place prior to the order being made. And, of course, if you took yeah. legal advice and, you know, what your mental state was then. And this is where I say, even if you just book in for an hour, um, you know, yeah. you, a good solicitor will be able to say to you, don't think you've got a case or you do have a case either way i think you need to know that because you know either way you need closure you're either going to put it to bed and say right okay or you're going to make an application to vary that yeah sure because even at the moment like um i'm off work i've had an operation on my stomach and i'm yeah. not allowed to work for eight weeks yeah i'm self always i've got no income okay. um and she's well i've got um insurance that will cover like 800 pound but that's still two hundred pounds short of the thousand pound. But first thing you, you you've got to take some advice, Rob. Honestly, because it seems there seems to be yeah. a lot of intimidation going on there. And I'm a firm believer in when you really know what you're legally entitled to and what your legal position is, you will just get confidence from that because you'll know then. Because at the moment you don't know, and when you don't know no. something, that I think that's when maybe anxiety can creep in because you think, oh, I don't I don't quite know if I'm entitled to that. Take the legal advice, you'll feel so much better. If not with me, then with, with somebody else, okay? Can, All right. can I get legal advice for free and yeah? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. You can drop me an email. I can't guarantee oh. what, what my diary's looking like. I think we're, we've probably got a two... We've normally got a two to three week wait, um, but I'll certainly get to yeah. you as soon as I can. That's not a problem. Okay. All right, Rob, I'll leave that with you. I hope that helped, okay? Oh, thank you. All right. Cheers, thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Cheers, bye.
Right, I'm going to say um, cheerio. Or oh, first of all, to the Discord. What am I doing? Um, say good night to the Discord. Thank you, guys. I'm back here again Thursday at six. Thank you so much for joining me. I promise you, when I come back on Thursday, I will know the name of that form. It's going to bug me. And once I stop talking and doing these lives, I know I'll find it in a couple of minutes. I'm just trying to do too many things, um, and and I can't quite put my hand on it. But I will find it, and I will let you guys know on. Um, uh, Thursday. Take care, everyone. Um, see you back here Thursday at six. Bye bye.